Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Tea with Crema. My name is Chris. I'll be one of your hosts today, and I'm joined by my best friend, Emma. Hello, everyone. I just hurt my finger, but hello. <laughs> Good times. We are very excited. This is an episode that we are excited for because it's something that really helped us hearing this from another podcast. Shout out, What the Trio. And so something that we're just really passionate about sharing our knowledge and our experiences in the mechanics of starting a podcast. We just wanted to create a, a sort of friendly guide of the ins and outs that we've learned at this time of figuring out if I wanted to start a podcast, what might that look like for me? What are some things that I might have to prepare? Because again, that's, that's what really helped us take this idea from brain to podcast. It's really nice to kind of have a one-stop shop with that advice, with that knowledge. So that's what we'll be doing today. Before we begin, we do still have our tea checks. So Emma, what tea did you bring today? I'm drinking a white peach tea. I don't know if this name at the top is who made it, but it's a very cute package. It's all in Japanese again. Love that for me. So, yep, I'm going to assume it says white peach tea and at the top it says Carol Kepik. It's very good. It's very subtle. I think that's what I like about it. It's not super sweet. It's not super, like, tart, which sometimes fruit teas can get a little tart, but solid. Four out of five. What are you drinking today, Christopher? Today, I have an organic chun mi green tea. And apparently, this is a famous green tea with a bright, clean taste known as the precious eyebrow tea because of the eyebrow-like shape of its leaves. Hmm. And it it was that. Like, it was just... All of those things I think were very accurate. It was very bright, clean, green tea. And it did not kind of have that, you know, that oversteeped green that kind of hits you in the back after you've drunk it a little bit. It was yeah. really just, it was really nice. A nice little touch of honey. And it was just, it's a good green tea. I really liked it. So I would honestly give this like a five out of five stars. A classic example of if it ain't broke, don't fix it. There was nothing to add. It was just a good green tea leaf, a high quality green tea leaf. You have not given a five out of five in a long time. Love that for us. But truly, it's one of those things that literally the ingredients are chunmi green tea. So sometimes it's just good. But today we're just jumping into, again, the mechanics of starting a podcast. What might that look like if you were interested in it? And I know we spoke a little bit to it before, but again, a big part of how we were able to get the tea with crema off the ground is because what the trio had a whole episode that really kind of broke down the mechanics of what they did to get off the ground. And so after over 50 episodes, I think it's just one of those things that it's just nice to have, like it's a good episode to have in terms of how did we physically and softwarely, virtually, virtually, that's the word I'm looking for. Physically and virtually, how did we get this to all work out and make it work and get to that point? So that's what we're talking about today. Yeah. So this is going to be your quick start guide to starting a podcast. I think you and I both listened to that What the Trio episode multiple times, like playing it back. Like, wait, what was that thing that they said? What was that? And so starting off with, what are the different tools you need to start a podcast? So like, what are your what are your tools that you use on your end? I have a USB-based microphone, and I think that was probably the most consistent thing that I've had this entire time. It's been the same microphone. 
It has a very flexible setup system. So I am currently using the clamp and I have it clamped to a nearby bookshelf and it extends in and out as I need it. It also comes with a base. So if you need it to stand somewhere, it also works that way. And then it comes with all of the fancy things that you would expect a microphone to have. So it has the, ooh, there's, I can't, I, I can't remember what it's called now, but it's the little screen that goes in front of the microphone to help soften up some of the sounds that can come a little harsh if it's directed at the microphone. And it did not really take me all that long to set up. Once all the pieces were together, it was, it, it's been together really the entire time that we've had the podcast. Even when I moved, it was very easy to pack up and then put back together. So it's been very sturdy. I would definitely recommend it. And, you know, it has been a while, so I can't guarantee that the exact one that I purchased is available still, but we'll definitely share it. My headphone journey has changed and evolved as I've done the podcast. There were the over-ear headphones that we, the over-ear headphones that I tried at first, and those were cute up until I realized that they hurt after 30 minutes. And so some of our, you know, some of our beginning episodes were a little on the long side and <laughs> After about that 30 minutes, I was like, oh, wait, I need to pause because my ears are hurting wearing these headphones. And you you need the headphones for the noise cancellation in terms of you don't want the echo in your audio. And so the headphones are, are crucial. You've got to have headphones that are comfortable for you. And so at present, I use my Bose 45s, the Sound Comfort 45s, which were an investment in two ways, A, for the podcast, and B, they're very comfortable for long-term use and for traveling, and there's the noise cancellation, all those other things. Definitely recommend waiting for a Black Friday sale. Do not buy them full price. Yeah, or Target normally does like a half-year Black Friday sale. I don't know what they call it. The end of summer sale, something like that. That's when I got mine. But in the same vein, pretty similar. I think we have a similar microphone. I ended up not bringing my microphone that I used in Texas to Japan because it was too much of a hassle to bring it over. So I just bought another one. Very similar. You can find them all over Amazon. I believe we called it like podcast microphone setup, but we'll definitely drop the ones that we bought. And I also have done the same thing with headphones, which you'll see in that like transition between me moving to Japan and Texas where I didn't have like the microphone set up. So you could definitely tell that there was an echo. And then I was like in between headphones as well. So I've had, I've used like low, medium and high. And I think definitely the best one so far has been the Boses in terms of just being able to like, just comfort wise, especially, I don't know if you guys know, but Chris has industrial in his ears. So that's also probably why it was very uncomfortable too, because it's just like sitting right on top of your ear. So if you are someone who's planning to like make long episodes, I would definitely have over ear headphones because they make a huge difference or even just like in ear versus like on the ear because after a while your ears just can't take it anymore. But definitely 10 out of 10 on these bows. The soundproof of it is a little jarring at first. It kind of gave me a headache. But now that I'm used to it, it's game changer, like could never go back to any other type of headphones. So 10 out of 10 would recommend that. And I think honestly, that's probably the biggest things. And then I would definitely recommend I've never recorded an, an episode on a cell phone. I know that it's possible now on certain platforms. And we'll get a little bit in terms of like virtual platforms that you could use for recording. I've not used it before. So I would say a solid laptop would be ideal 
And so I know at this point, it can be kind of hard. I know not everyone has a laptop, but I would definitely recommend an actual physical laptop for this. In addition to, it's probably a bit easier to do some of the editing on a laptop as opposed to a phone or an iPad, which I've never even tried and could not even fathom trying to edit audio on either of those devices. So I would say outside of a microphone and comfortable headphones, you would definitely need a laptop of some sort. So you are our master editor and you do all the editing, which is when we get the fun little songs and all those things inside of our episodes. So what is the software that we use to edit? Primarily, most of our edits are done in Audacity, which I have used since high school because it is free 99. And there are a lot of tools available in Audacity. I've not used any other software, so I don't really know how it compares to other softwares. But if you have recorded an episode with us and remember some of the things that we have said versus listening to the episode and then seeing what actually came out, you'll know that it I can do a, a lot in Audacity. I have bleeped Emma out from saying my name how many times at this point? I'm just, or my, my age, you know? So it lets me do that. I'm able to move audio around in the episode. Those little sneak peek recordings at the ends and beginnings of episodes, those are all things that I do in Audacity. And so I would definitely say for the bulk of our editing, I use Audacity. I think you were using Audacity when you were doing some of the editing as well. I know that there are Apple equivalents like GarageBand, I think. The first episode that I edited was in the beginning. So Chris took the first two episodes. I took the third episode. So that one was done completely in GarageBand just because I didn't, I wasn't comfortable with Audacity yet. Well, once I got onto Audacity, it's pretty user friendly and there's so many like YouTube and so many articles written on it as to how to like access certain parts of it. Also shout out to the Shonen Flop. We have a guide that at this point, I don't actually use the guide. I just have the routine memorized, but there are definitely some tips and tricks in that guide that have really, that have really helped cut down on editing time because it truly used to be a start to finish. I had to listen to everything to edit everything out, but there are definitely some quality of life upgrades in that guide, including how to get a noise profile to get rid of some background noise throughout audio, and then how to get rid of like awkward silences that happen throughout just, you know, in a natural conversation. There are just times where people are thinking about things or you take a breath in between your words. And so that guide has also really helped get through some of the the heavy lifting of editing. So shout out Sean and Flop for that amazing guide that I've used almost the entire time that we've had the podcast at this point, just have it memorized. Mm -hmm. So between Audacity, that guide, and then I do run a final check through a program called Alphonic, which is a mostly free platform. There are some additional features that you can pay for in terms of if you're having, especially if you're having longer episodes, if you have more frequent content, there is a limited free production in that platform. However, if you need a little bit more, they do have some paid options available. And I know we've definitely had to, we've had to, to pay a few times just because, you know, we went a little bit over in our monthly free allotment. So the great part about Alphonic is that it's just kind of that final quality check that you run through and really make sure that everything just kind of sounds nicely. Any weird sounds are eliminated and equalized. So as you can see, Chris is definitely our expert in all things uh, 
what did you call it? Softwarily? Virtually? So Softwarily. <laughs> <laughs> all the software issues and all the software things that's like Chris's wheelhouse. Now, there's two different things, right? There's a recording site and your hosting site, which I didn't even realize that those are two different things until I listened to the What the Trio episode. I don't know where I thought things went that they just got posted out. I was like, you record it and then you upload it somewhere. But that's like, yeah. So we're going to talk about those two differences as well. So let's start with from fruition of an episode, right? We come up with the ideas. You and I create the guiding topics and questions. And now we need a place to record. So where do we do that? Originally, we used a platform called Squadcast. And we used it because it came pretty highly recommended. It was a platform that is on, it's specifically for podcasters. So it allows you to essentially have a FaceTime call with higher quality audio that is recorded and uploaded in a way that you're able to download it. Think about in the context of the tea with crema. At one point, yes, Emma and I were both in Fort Worth, but still we weren't physically getting together to record episodes. We would record it from each of our respective places. And so it allowed us to be able to record those audios. It was a bit more synchronized and it made the editing process a lot easier and it was still high quality. And then, you know, she moved to Japan. And so we definitely were not going to be able to meet up one day in July and just record 20 episodes for the year. And so for that, we would use Squadcast. We did make a transition to Riverside FM. And that was just because we had some, we were having some technical issues with Squadcast. It was a really wonderful platform while we were using it. I, if someone asked, I would definitely recommend it. It's, it's very easy to use. It was very simple. It was pretty easy to have guests on the episodes. And so for the most part, I really like Squadcast, but we did make that transition to Riverside just for our own ease of use and found that Riverside was also a pretty easy to use platform. It does have some other features that are really nice, especially as we are potentially looking to expand our social media game. It allows for video recording as well, depending on the package that you are purchasing and paying for. Again, there are potentially free options such as FaceTime or other just kind of think video chat platforms, but you run into some other potential issues in terms of recording quality and synchronization. So there's definitely free ways to get around those issues, but we just decided to go with a an actual podcast recording platform so that it was a bit easier for us so you know we eat that cost every year yeah and i think it's also helpful to mention that a lot of these platforms will give you a month for free so you can really check out how do you like this platform is it really that easy to use how can i grab my files from it is that easy like do i have to wait for an upload time do I have to pay extra for the video costs? So Squadcast, that was an additional cost versus Riverside. This was one of the packages that had a video portion that was just included. I've also heard of people recording via Zoom because Zoom also has a record option. But again, like what Chris said is that it's an audio thing. So that was one of our bigger priorities in terms of starting the podcast was having good quality audio because I think that that's something that us as podcast users or like podcast listeners we both kind of listen to and like if someone has better quality than another podcast like not saying that it's a better podcast but it does help me stay around as a listener if I don't have to like work through muffled noises or background noises and things like that 
So we've recorded our episode. Now you've edited it. So you showed us how you edit. What happens after that? How do we get it on Spotify? How do we get it on Apple Music? How do we get it on Amazon podcasts? All of those things. What does that look like? So at that point is when you have to select your podcast hosting site. There are a number of options available and each of them offers varying plans and benefits and their own sets of limitations. And I am not going to be the one that goes through each and every one of them because ultimately we've actually only ever had one. And so I can't really speak to a lot of the logistics of actually going through with some of these other ones. So there are examples like Captivate, Buzzsprout, Transistor, Blueberry, Libsyn is a very popular one. So there are a lot of sites. The one that we ultimately ended up going with is a podcast hosting site called Castos. And at the time, it was one of those things that what we were getting for what we were paying for in addition to some extra options made the most sense for us. So one thing that we were a little worried about, even though it probably isn't like an actual worry that we were thinking about was just Castus does not have any limits in terms of its hosting capabilities. So there aren't download limits or time limits, size limits, anything like that a month. And so we didn't have to worry about having that upper ceiling. I promise you, we're not hitting those download limits anyway right now. But, you know, one can dream. We were... Manifested. I'm just saying. So we were very hopeful. And then this was one of the podcast hosting sites that allowed for potentials to outsource editing. And so we just wanted to leave that option on the table because editing can be a lot sometimes. And especially in the beginning when we were still learning it, it was quite a bit. And then it also has wrapped in transcription services as well. And so that was something that we were exploring the utilization of. And ultimately, it just felt like it was very much a one-stop shop that would allow for a lot of options as we expanded potentially. Or just, you know, if you sometimes you just got to phone it in. And so if we ever needed to just have an episode edited for us, we haven't yet because we've just made it work up until this point. But that was always an option. And so that's why we choose to use Castos. And ultimately, they not only host our podcast and help us to get it put into all of these different locations, it was really helpful because they provided a guide in the beginning. And so you're able to get signed up to get on to Apple Podcast and Spotify and Stitcher and all of these different podcasting platforms it all comes down to an RSS feed and understanding how to RSS feed, which unless you are someone who codes full time, oh my gosh, an RSS feed <laughs> makes no sense. So it's, it's almost essential that you have it. And then we have our site through Castos as opposed to having our own independent site. Because again, there's a matter of setting up RSS feeds and holding all of this data and podcasts can be kind of data heavy in terms of hosting. So that could run up the, the cost of hosting your own website in and of itself. So that's why we went with Castos as our hosting site. They hold all of our episodes essentially and make sure that they're accessible to all of these different platforms that you hear the podcast on. 
That's where my fun tagline at the end when I say, you can stream us anywhere. Thank you, Castos, for letting us stream everywhere. <laughs> Except for YouTube. We have to do that manually ourselves, but that's because it's video. So, you know, YouTube's just a little different. Otherwise, everywhere else, Castos is super helpful with. Thanks, Castos. Okay, so now that we've had it hosted, now it's live, the next part then gets thrown to me, which is the social media, which I think that editing is very super it's like super difficult and i don't want to say either of our jobs are more difficult but chris's one is definitely more difficult so the next (laughs) one is like trying to figure out how to market us out there right so social media wise this is when we start talking about our episode graphics thinking about how often do we need to post on instagram and twitter and Facebook, how often do we need to, should we start thinking about posting TikToks versus Reels? So this has kind of been my like wheelhouse for the podcast after we shifted into like giving us really separate roles. Definitely for the essentials is, and something I've seen a lot on Instagram after following many people who do marketing and uh, like social media as a career is that figure out which platform and do it really well. Because I think one of the mistakes that we made was like opening up all the social medias. And then now it's like juggling how to like post everything to all the things. So that's definitely something to think about. We're currently on Twitter and on Instagram. And we recently entered Facebook as a realm as well. So, you know, thinking about which graphics show up better on each of the of your sites is also important. Thinking about engagement. And like, what are people engaging with? Are they engaging more with stories versus are they engaging more with your posts? So as we've been shifting, I've been trying to post more on Instagram just to like really nail down Instagram and what our analytics are looking like and what is engaging them there. Twitter in itself, we've like Chris and I have talked about Twitter and how it's like such a, what do they call it? Like shooting fish in a barrel? No, that's not the right one. That's pretty much it. It's a hit or miss kind of place. You just, there you go. You just live there until one day you're famous. And then otherwise you're just there on Twitter doing your best. Yeah. Until one day, like someone just like, Oh, someone laughs at this. And then like more people laugh at this and it becomes viral. So Twitter is definitely one of the more difficult ones. I think people who have Twitter presences, I'm always very like very impressed by that because it is such a difficult platform. I feel like to break into. So like Twitter is definitely one where you can, I think, but you can engage more with your followers just because there is that more like feels a little bit more personal. You know, we've been exploring TikTok because this site does record our video, but I also like record a podcast because I don't like necessarily being on a video and I like to show up to our podcast in the same green sweater every time. So (laughs) that's also something we've been thinking about. You know, I, for editing purposes, I use Canva and because I'm a teacher, I get a free education pro account. So I have access to all of those different things. Definitely. Like if your podcast is something similar to ours, like I like to have pictures of us on it because I feel like that adds a more personal feel. So, you know, thinking about like, how are we going to market our face out there without using the same five pictures? That's also difficult because Chris and I live in completely different countries. So it's not like I can be like, Hey, this weekend, we're going to go to whatever and take like a bunch of photos as promo so really having to be creative with that so definitely my end is more of the engagement piece that's what you have to do on the social media side which is definitely also a a learning curve in itself what have we learned over the past two and a half years so yes we've talked about all the things that we need but what do you think are the absolute must-haves i mean if you go back to good old-fashioned Therapy is expensive, so we started a podcast instead. 
really at that time, all we had was our materials for recording. So our headphones, our microphones, and our laptops. We had our editing software. We did have Audacity ready to go. We did have Alphonic ready to go for final productions. And then we had our podcast hosting site ready to go. We also did have our logo and because you do, you got to have some sort of image to go with your podcast. And I, I still remember spending a good amount of time flipping through things, trying to figure out what, what do we want this to look like? How do we want it to appear? What, what do we call the podcast? That was months. Do you remember that? I feel like we have, we have an entire page in our like journal. Do you have the journal with you? I do. It is right here. Like a name is very important. I think a name embodies what your podcast will become. Like, I think at the beginning, a lot of ours was like based on, or at least what I felt like we were putting out was like, it was based on being, you know, multiracial and things like that. So I think a lot of it was like mixed kids podcast or do we have the names in there? Conversation enthusiast, mixed (laughs) kid conversations, epic conversations, mixed messages, crema conversations. Did we have crema already? We had, it it definitely came later. You could tell because it's in a different ink than the other ones. But it came. It was there. Conversation enthusiast. But like, why was it with a K? <laughs> because your name starts with a K. <laughs> oh, and that must have been and enthusiast. <laughs> Can you imagine? Like, do our whole entire intro with. <laughs> Honestly, just whole. Like, could you, we're just going to have a whole poll of like, hmm, would any of these names have worked? Have worked. Would they have worked? Would you have taken us as seriously or not as seriously? My name is Chris, and I'm the host of this podcast. I'm here today with my best friend, Emma. And today we are the Conversation Enthusiasts. Welcome back to the Conversation Enthusiasts. My name is Emma, and I'm your host today with my best friend, Chris. <laughs> I just don't know why we wrote down epic conversations. like Because it was E and, P- e and K. Oh. Welcome back to Epic back. Conversations with Chris and Emma. I'm your host today, and I'm joined today with my best friend, Chris. <laughs> it's okay, we put that down. So yeah, definitely nail those things down before you get started. It's really fun, but I think that was the creative part, which is also not, that was not my gift either. I'm really great at like critiquing stuff and like fine details, <laughs> but creativity is not, that's why I edit the podcast. I'm really great at going through a product and fine tuning it and refining it i'm not great at coming up with the everything which i think like even with our even with like our social media posts and everything like i still send you like hey does this look okay and you're like i don't like the background (laughs) so i'm like okay cool change the background i don't like that font okay whatever you know so it's like i give you the the skeleton and we make it full okay i need to stop using body metaphors i'm moving on (laughs) science teacher (laughs) for real oh my goodness (laughs) but yes i would say it's that's like the bare bones and it goes. It works. If you have those things, you can have a podcast. We have absolutely learned a lot more as we've continued on. But I mean, that's a, that's where you need to be to start. Like that's literally it. And you can have a podcast, good set, ready to go, a name and all of a those logo. physical virtual things. And it's good set, ready to go. I would say. I mean, we did not set out with a, what's the word that I'm looking for? A very refined vision in terms of 
what we wanted the podcast to be. I think it was our podcast is just very personal to us. Mm. And I do know that some people have a podcast that is more catered to marketing. Yeah, or like special interests. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I get that. And I respect that hustle for you. It's not for us at this time. So thank you, everyone who is still <laughs> tuning in to this very personal experience that is the tea with grandma. So yeah, I think ultimately you just make it work. Whatever, whatever the it is, if you do have like the base things ready to go, everything else can kind of fall into place. And even with a guide like this, there are just going to be things that you learn on the fly. Yeah. Also, because everything changes. Some of the stuff that we mentioned today was not even in the What the Drill episode because things change as time goes on, as technology advances, as all of these things change and learn and grow. And also your circumstances are a little bit different. So things will have to look different for you. Emma and I have a duo type podcast that's different from someone who is hosting a podcast solo and is either doing something completely independent or has a regular rotation of guests. And so your priorities in terms of recording capabilities or hosting capabilities might need to look a little bit different. Your market marketing might need to look a little bit different. How you're delegating work if you are the sole person in a podcast would need to look different. So Mm -hmm. having a site that you can outsource editing to might be more of a priority for you than when you have a group or a team that you can split the load with. So just a lot to have to really consider and look at. And I think it's once you have those basics, the rest will fall into place for sure. Definitely. Okay. So if you were keeping tally from the beginning of the episode to the end of the episode, there were things that Chris kind of mentioned, like, this is going to cost money. This is going to cost money. So TLDR version, Chris, what are the things that cost money? And do we have like a rough estimate of that? Well, I would imagine, let's say you're starting from absolute zero. You have mm-hmm. none of the aforementioned things. None of those. Because some of those things you might have already on hand. Some of those things might not. So I know our headphones on sale. On sale now. (laughs) On sale. We're still upwards of $200. Yeah, I think I spent $240 on mine. Mm -hmm. And that was like on sale. (laughs) But again, that was not our first... Like the first headphones that I used, I think you gave to me as a present. And they were... Closer to 20 or $50. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they also weren't like the most comfortable, but we didn't know that at the time. And it was a part of the evolution process. So headphones can be something that you already have that are comfortable or Mm -hmm. might be something that you need to invest in. The ones that I swear by are like over $200 and that's a personal choice. So headphones, questionable in terms of how much you're going to spend. It's very, very personal. Your microphone... Most people probably do not have one of these microphones unless you are already intensively streaming games. Like when you're gaming, it's unlikely that you have one of these microphones laying around. I certainly did not. And a solid quality USB microphone is going to look at at least $50. So I would say, you know, headphones, you can get away with whatever works for you. And you probably have some headphones laying around your first like actual purchase for your podcast is probably going to be a microphone. And that's going to be at least $50, even on sale, honestly, because I think that's about how much all three of the microphones that we've bought for the podcast ended up costing. Like you can also, these are also like really quick guides to that. When you just Google like best mic microphone for podcasting, I think one of like the top brands is blue. And it's just a stand-up microphone. Like our microphones are ones that clamp to the 
to like a desk or to a solid surface. Like Chris's one is on a bookshelf, but like there's ones that are just like standing. So again, depending on like how you're planning to record, if you want to use those types of recordings, you might want that want one that's not obscuring your face. It's like our faces are completely obscured when we record. And those can range anywhere from like upwards of $250. So at the time, we started with our $50 ones, and we've realized that this works perfectly fine. So we continue using these ones. And that's just what it is. So equipment wise, yeah, microphone, headphones, laptop, if you don't have one, like those can cost upwards of thousands of dollars, you know, but I'm sure that any type of laptop would work as long as it can hold the types of things that you're trying to do. We do have our Google Drive. I think we are still maintaining a free account. 15 gigs strong. <laughs> barely. barely. There's definitely a time where we had to delete quite a few things. And we did get around that because I did have to buy I will say I did buy a podcast USB. It's actually almost full. So I'm about to have to buy another one. So that's fun. But I would the drive is really helpful because again, we are collaborating. If I if this was more of a solo venture, I'd probably work almost exclusively on a flash drive. Right now, our podcast one, I think is a 128 gig flash drive. And we are almost at that limit. We probably got another 10 or so episodes in us before this flash drive says, no, thank you. That's too much. Try again (laughs) next time. But again, we are also expanding to video. So it takes up quite a bit more space. If you're not using video, then that doesn't take up as much space. And so I would say minimally speaking, you'd probably get away with a, the free Google Drive account for a while. You would probably need to consider some additional space. I also don't save anything on my laptop ever because I feel like it slows it down. So everything that I have is saved on an external drive of some sort. So that's also just a personal preference and it depends on your device. But you will need a... I recommend an actual laptop. I just don't know what editing looks like on a phone or a tablet. I don't know. I can't speak to it. Maybe it's possible. Maybe it's not. So, so far, you would definitely need a microphone. You'll definitely need some headphones and you'll definitely need an actual laptop or PC device. And so all fluctuating prices, but definitely if you don't have those things already, a startup cost that might be a bit prohibitive. So that's all the physical things. Software wise, there are definitely some things that you can get away with for free and some things that you're going to have to pay for. Audacity is completely free. It's wonderful. It does the job totally free. Alphonic as a final audio processor allows you to process two hours of production a month for free. So if you're having less than two hours of production every month, Alphonic is going to run you $0. If you are like us and occasionally go over that two hours in a month for whatever reason, you can buy a one-off. Or if you're going to be regularly just eating through that two hours, they do have subscriptions and those just they vary in terms of how much you're anticipating needing and i mean again we don't hardly spend any time or spend any money i think on alphonic we spent all of like 12 dollars before so for our software that we'd have to pay for we have two big expenditures which really account for the bulk of the expenses of the podcast on a recurring basis. The first would be our recording platform, which we are using Riverside. And so we spend $180 a year on Riverside. They do have monthly subscriptions as well. We just pay it yearly, get it out of the way. And then our hosting site is $190 a year. So I mean, it's a, it's a good $400 
annual investment to do a podcast. So, you know, when we ask for that uh, cup of tea, it's really for the tea <laughs> with crema. Okay. I promise you. It's just, it's just going in to offset those annual costs. And I will say they are annual. They don't go away. It's every year. Sometimes they even increase in a year just due to like websites getting more expensive over time or adding more features. So definitely at least $400 for But it's just- still cheaper than therapy. So <laughs> <laughs> it's still cheaper than therapy because if you guys recall from that follow up question, that follow up episode, I got a quote for a $200 session. So, you know, a whole year versus two sessions of therapy that are probably not going to help enough. I definitely need at least a year's worth of therapy. That is why we still have our podcast, and it is still not free to do, but that's okay. So overall, I would say annually, you're looking at approximately $400 a year. The startup costs, if you do it over time, are not as bad. If you have some of those things, are also not as bad. And so that those kind of fluctuate. So it's really just up to you in terms of affordability. And there are definitely less expensive ways to do most of the things that we do. Yes. So... Again, we use Riverside FM for very specific, unique reasons. There are mm, less expensive alternatives. We use Castos for very specific reasons. There are certainly less expensive options for podcast hosting as well. So investigate and see what's closer to your budget as well. There are definitely other options available. So that's kind of our big, broad overview in how we got from an idea a conversation that we had to a actual podcast that we are now over 50 episodes into doing. And I'm still, I just, I'm excited to keep it going. I don't really have like a, I don't have like a finite end in mind. I would imagine it's very, it's similar to therapy. You don't just like say, Oh, I'm going for six (laughs) sessions and the issue is going to be resolved in six sessions. It just, you do it until it just no longer works for you. And so at present, I don't think we have any plans to, to discontinue and um, we've paid for the podcast up until November. So we're definitely doing it until then. So (laughs) I think that was also the reason why side note that we had decided to pay for these things because we had definitely looked up ways like ways to do a podcast for free ways to da 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 da. But we decided that if we invested in ourselves, that would make us definitely have more incentive to do it to fruition. You know, Chris and I are definitely not people who like half step, we're going to put our full step into it. So that was definitely part of the reason why we also decided to invest in our podcast and invest in our like, belief that we really believe that this could be something that is, you know, personal to us and people might enjoy listening to. So I've enjoyed it. I think it's really fun. I haven't been to therapy, so I don't really know how it compares. (laughs) But (laughs) I would say I've definitely had some moments of like serious introspection on the podcast. And I've enjoyed using it as a platform for conversations with others, potentially sometimes. And I, as someone who aggressively burns my journals, I think it's also just a place to kind of store thoughts and feelings. Not the journal burner. (laughs) It's mostly also because just in case Chris decides to run for president, he can't have anything coming back to him. You know, there's just... (laughs) thoughts and feelings that a future president like it could implicate him somehow so that's why he just burns everything he bleeps out a lot of stuff (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if it's that edited but it's okay y'all i don't know come be a guest if you want to confirm or deny how much i do or do not (laughs) edit out of these episodes i'm just saying it's at this point it's definitely me so any final thoughts in terms of 
things that you want to leave people with in case they were curious about starting a podcast? I was just going to ask you for the final Yelp review as to how, I guess, zero to five, how easy is it to start a podcast, Christopher? I would say depending on your background knowledge, it could be anywhere from pretty straightforward to wildly complex. For me personally, it was like, meh, a little tedious, I would say is like the most in terms of the hardest part was getting the podcast feed to go to the sites. And so getting the podcast actually into the iTunes to into Apple podcast into Spotify. Once I figured out how to get the podcast from Castos into those platforms, everything else has been pretty straightforward. Editing is still a tedious experience. And I don't think it will ever not be a tedious experience, but it's not mechanically difficult either. Honestly, I'd say once you figure out the beginning stuff, it's pretty straightforward. I'll give it the same Yelp review of about a three to four in terms of, I think it's just a learning curve a lot of times. A lot of people think that, oh, I'm going to get onto my, I'm going to record this thing and then it, voila, it's done. I definitely had that misconception coming into it. And then after listening to that, what the trio episode, I was like, I don't know what half of those words mean, like help. And thankfully I have, you know, a partner that was, willing and able to like also like just bounce ideas off of he would be like hey this sounds like a great hosting site." i'm like awesome i don't know what a hosting site is but i'm gonna trust you on this one (laughs) and that just happened to be both of our strengths you know i think social media will always be a learning curve for myself just trying to figure out how to keep engagement and you know stay engaged with people how to have people stay engaged with us i think that's what i'm trying to say so again but yeah i don't think it's difficult it's just learning like it's just like a constant like why didn't this like it worked last episode why is it not working this episode in terms of social media so yeah that's my final parting words if you are ever really truly interested in starting a podcast like we are also you know open in our dms to discuss what are the things you need to start with put you in the right direction at least put you on the google that we started with (laughs) and yeah so before the episode ends we always end with our rapid fire Question! Okay, so I'm starting. Isaac brought this question. He says, What would a city designed designed by you look like or have? Okay, so I really hate cities that have stupid looking intersections. So like when the intersections have like dumb angles or like, why are there five streets at this intersection instead of four? Also, why is this intersection not a 90 degree angle? This is dumb and also not safe. So I would have a very linear city. I know it might not be the most aesthetically appealing for everyone, but I didn't ask for your opinion. So (laughs) it's my city and it would be very linear. I just, weird intersections are dumb to me. So there's not one intersection in Fort Worth that has like eight streets that come together and it just... Oh my god. I, I don't know what the one. lights mean. I don't know. If you're from Fort Worth, it's the one that's next to Eddie V's. <laughs> There's that very confusing one that's not a lane, but people always end up turning into that lane and causing accidents because it looks like it should be the receiving lane, but it's actually the exiting lane. So yes, I agree. That one's a difficult one and I refuse to drive it. I will avoid it at all costs if possible. Wild. So yes, I don't like intersections like that. I like intersections that make sense and are linear and 
I like the little city grids that are kind of linear too. It's very, I don't know, it's just nice. It's aesthetically appealing to me. But anyways, that's my city. What about you? <laughs> I was thinking more along the lines of like, everyone would have a house. <laughs> there would be bike lanes that are big enough. But I do enjoy where you went with that. And that's the whole point of a rapid fire question. Intersections are important. In my city, I would just like it to be very like a lot of green, lots of greenery. And not like the greenery that you see in like, the middle of the street that makes no sense no like just greenery nature our benches don't have spikes on them but also everyone has a home we're also not getting rid of encampments if you want to if you want to camp somewhere that is totally up to you again i'm not an urban planner so i don't know the feasibility of this but i just don't believe that certain things in cities should be anti-homeless or out anti-houseless so that's my one thing i would change or have my city be like what is your question today? When and who was your first concert? Like live concert? And sync at Aloha Stadium when I was five years old. I didn't know that, Emma. I've talked about this before on the podcast. No, you haven't. Okay. Well, maybe in my brain, in my dream podcast, whenever I'm dreaming about it. Actually, <laughs> now I'm not even going to edit this out because I'm going to be like, fact check because what? No. Okay, what well, I feel like I've answered this question before. I have seen NSYNC, and I was five years old, and it was at Aloha Stadium because my sister loved boy bands at that time, and NSYNC was her one of her favorites. They came to Hawaii. It was pouring rain, and we sat through that entire concert in the pouring rain. I can almost guarantee you have never mentioned this on the podcast before. Interesting. Okay. Now, mention, what is your first concert that you've been to? So I just recently went to my first concert ever. I am afraid of loud noises and crowds. And so I don't know if you know about concerts, but it's loud noises and crowds. And so (laughs) (laughs) generally speaking, I just avoided them. But I recently went to see Alicia Keys, and that was my very first concert. It was very nice. It was at the Toyota Music Factory. Very chill. We sat on the lawn area and... It was just so nice. It was a very cross-generational experience. And I feel like, you know, Empire State of Mind, is that the name of that song? Concrete jungles and things are made of. Yeah. I don't know. Like, that's not my favorite Alicia Keys song. But I will say nothing really beats the energy of being around everyone who knows the words to that song. And you're all just singing it with Alicia Keys. It's it was an unmatched experience. It was just so, it was so much fun. I really enjoyed it. And so that was my very, very first concert experience. And I really enjoyed it. It was very recent. Obviously, five years old and in sync. That just seems. <laughs> okay. So then after that, my next big concert after that was uh, Gladys Pip and the Knights. Oh, it was Gladys Knight and the Pips. Oh, but- Gladys Pip and the Knights. Gladys Knight no, and the Pips. There please you go. <laughs> please don't, please don't edit that out. Please let Gladys Pip and her knights and Gladys Knight and her pips come after me. <laughs> Fun fact: she's actually Mormon, so she was performing at a Mormon venue, and that is how I got to see her. Wow! No, that was definitely a fun fact. Would not have put that together at all. <laughs> Oh my gosh. But I will say, speaking of five-year-olds being at concerts, I had no business being at. When I went to go see Lil Nas X live, there were definitely young children at this concert with their parents. <laughs> and I think it might be because they thought that Old Town Road was like Lil Nas X in his entire vibe. And yeah, it was very uncomfortable after she saw this mom. We just happened to be sitting pretty close to a mom and her child. And I think they left 
after Montero. And yeah. Call me when you want. Call me when you need. Lona's ex. I'm so sorry. I was so awkward at our first encounter. Call me when you want. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, sometimes they're just kids just be at places that are weird. I wouldn't say weird. They're just like, why, why is a child here? here? Why are they here? Have you ever seen Sweet Home Alabama? Mm-mm. Okay, so in in the movie, Reese Witherspoon is from Alabama, and then she moves to New York and changes her whole like identity. But she has to come back because she's planning to get married in New York. But she's still married to her her like sweetheart, her childhood sweetheart. So she goes back to Alabama, and it's like this like podunk town. But she goes to the local bar. Her or her ex best friend has a baby in the bar, and she's like, "What's the baby doing in the bar?" And she goes, "What do you mean? Who's supposed to watch the baby?" Mary Lee, or whatever her name is. <laughs> but you should watch it just specifically for that, because that is exactly the vibe of babies being at Little Nas X concerts. <laughs> Emma, where can people find the podcast? You can find our podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Tea with Crema. If you'd like to buy us a cup of tea, you can also Venmo us at The Tea with Crema. You can stream our podcast wherever you'd like to stream podcasts and on YouTube. We hope to see you next time. Bye! <laughs>